What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 78 as we wallow in our misery with the current state of the Detroit Red Wings, who are on pace to break the NHL record for consecutive losses, which I believe is set at 17. I'm here tonight with Tyler. Uh, Ryan's got a lot of work to do, apparently. But uh, Tyler, how are you doing tonight? You know, for those of you guys that don't know, my, my Nana did pass away today. You guys... I do tweet about it every once in a while, how she was sick and, and not doing well. Um, she's in a much better place now. And uh, so I, I am here. It did happen today. But um, I'm, I'm going through this because I got to do the stuff that I love. She would want me to do that. So, yeah, it always I'm, I'm it always okay. sucks when we it always sucks when we lose someone. And it surprises me that talking to me and talking about the Red Wings is actually going to help you. So, um. All right. Thanks to make it better, Greg. Dodds, it's not just messing. Um, I'm just, you know, get, getting into hockey and, and you know, the, the wings have been bad. You know, we, we all knew that this was going to be this situation this year. So if you're a hockey fan like I am, I can watch any game and, yeah, me and too. be entertained. And, and, you know, it's just it's the greatest thing in the world to watch hockey. I have hockey on right now. So it doesn't have to just be the Red Wings. And I, I, I encourage you, Red Wing fans, I wouldn't say pick a second favorite team, but if you have to, I guess go ahead and do that. That goes against everything I believe in. But <laughs> watch as much hockey as you can. There's, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, NBCSN doesn't give you a whole lot to watch. But No, but if you've got Hulu and you, if you have the recently explosive Disney Plus, you get ESPN Plus, which plays like two live games a night. So oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you can uh, just download that ESPN Plus app, sign in with the same login that you use for Disney Plus, and you just get you get to watch live hockey games. They play more than NBC, which is kind of weird since NBC has the TV deal. Yeah, my guess is ESPN has their hand in for when this when this deal um, when this deal comes to an end. Was it next year or the year after? I think I, next year is the final year of the NBC deal. I think I think if NBC doesn't really pony up and see if they really want it, I think ESPN's going to end up having it with ABC. Yeah, because the NHL say they keep saying we're trying to expand the game, we're trying to expand the game, yeah, but well. you don't have marquee matches like Edmonton Toronto on live TV. You don't. I, I would be trying to play as much Connor McDavid on TV as possible. This one's good tonight. Uh, you got Edmonton and, or I'm sorry, Washington and Boston, the, the two of the best teams in the East. That's that's a good start. But you know they they need to be much better than, and they have been. NBC last year, I believe, got into this where they the, the Wednesday night hockey they did away with the rivalry night or whatever, and so like they they have more matchups, but it's still not nearly enough. As we no. All know. Honestly, they could NBC could play one to two games a night instead of playing auto auctions like we talked about in the past. And just your grandfather's stuff. the only one that's watching that. I honestly don't think anyone's watching that. I think people just turn it on in the background uh, for for noise. But that's what I, I mean. Just, Gramps has fallen asleep to it. I just don't understand <laughs> why. Like, you just have high end games on and you decide not to play them. So I, why even have the contract if you're not doing anything with it? 
Yeah, they're but not I doing think... much with it. I could also see it getting split between like Fox and 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 ESPN or something. Kind of. Like yeah, because Fox has. does carry it in all the local stations, and I could see Fox putting a bid in to carry it nationally. Uh, yeah, um, I could see that. The only thing with Fox is they have so much college football and they have so much college basketball that. Like, it's kind of tough, but, I mean, they could probably make it work. They have the NFL, too, so. Yeah, but the NFL, I mean, it's it's a few times Sunday a week, afternoon. and it's yeah. only for a shortened season, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, but tonight we've got uh, a little bit to talk about since, you know, it's misery in Red Wings land, but there's some stuff around the league that's happened that can kind of tie in, and I think we're going to start with the, the coaching carousel that we've seen, and before tonight I had on my list that there have been four coaches fired since the Red Wings last won a game. Uh, they're on their, what, 12-game now losing streak. Uh, but as, right before we start recording, Pete DeBoer has just been fired in San Jose. So now it's five coaches that have been fired since the Red Wings last won a game, yet Jeff Blaschel has ironclad job security in the city of Detroit, uh, which kind of upsets me to a point i like i think if you listen to the last couple episodes we are all on team fire blash now um mostly for his lines but now i'm also adding on a list the complete mismanagement of philip zadina uh i mean it's so it's been pete DeBoer, it's been bill peters which is a different story it's been babcock babcock was fired for poor was fired for poor performance and then other stuff came out afterwards uh who was fired the other day uh jim montgomery was fired in dallas for a situation that we still don't know what happened and john hines was fired so it's there's a coaching carousel and yeah new jersey's bad and they're not supposed to be as bad as they are and the sharks aren't even terrible the sharks are like middling they have a roster to be good and they're expected to make the playoffs and they're middling so DeBoer got fired and his two and two of his assistants are also going with him. But like we know the Red Wings are supposed to be bad and we we know they're trying. And I think we talked it was last podcast we just talked about the lineups have been have not really changed this last time uh this last game Athanasius has been listed as day to day. Zadina got bumped up to the second line. Zadina played Phenomenal last game. Phenomenal might be too strong of a word, but Zadina is the only reason that we scored. He battled to the board. He stole the puck back. He brought it to the front of the net. He shot it in. Christopher N picked up his rebound, and Christopher N got his first goal of the season because of Philip Zadina. He drove that entire play. I got to be honest with you. If you would have told me uh, Christopher N, if you would have just said that that was Christopher N's first goal in his career, I wouldn't have, I would, I would have definitely believed you. Well, not his career this season. I don't remember him scoring at all. I mean, it's, it's hard to remember when the dude's got like what, probably three goals, four goals in his, in his professional career. So it's going to be hard to pinpoint when he's actually scored, (laughs) but it's, Zadina was the reason he scored. Now, after that play happened, it was either the next, his next shift or a few shifts down. It, he Blashell played the line of Larkin, Zadina, Bertuzzi. And we're like, oh my God, Philip Zadina's on the top line. Like, this is it. It's happening. He's been promoted to the top line. 
And then a shift later, he was back down a line. So I just, I don't get the thought process when he's one of your only guys at that point that's trying. He's one of your only guys at that point that's creating offense. He's got three assists in seven games. And you just, you plop him on the third line with, at, at that point, I think it was Philpola and Glenn Denning. And Glenn Denning's not a playmaker. And Philpola picks his day on when he wants to be a playmaker. And Zadina's not going to succeed in that role. Uh, I mean, you've got him on power play one, but he looked really good against Winnipeg. He drove play. He got a person a goal who probably never would have gotten a goal otherwise this season. It's just, it, it boggles my mind that, you got this kid and he's supposed to be your number one prospect and he damn looks like he could play top six minutes, but you're just going to waste him away on the third line and you're not going to play him uh, up anymore. The rest of that game, he didn't play up anymore. And it's when he played with Bertuzzi and Larkin and when he plays on the power play, he, he looks really good. And even when he doesn't, he looks good away from the puck now and his game's improved. And I just don't get, I don't get why. And it's surprising me that the, the coaching carousel, I mean, surprise and not surprised because of where we're at this year, but the coaching carousel has not hit Detroit. Yeah. Um, I'm very surprised at this point. I mean, I would guess if they lose, if they lose tomorrow against Winnipeg at home, if they lose at Montreal, and then if they lose again on Sunday against the Kings, I think at that point he will get the axe. I just don't think you could you could and it's it has nothing to do with I mean Blashell obviously hasn't adjusted and made changes and you know the roster really doesn't give him the opportunity to, but there the what you were saying about having Zadina, you know, it's 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 almost like talent evaluation. Like do you not see that he's doing well, or are you just trying to stick it to him because he's a young kid? And that's the thing that was we hated about Mike Babcock. He didn't give the young kids opportunities. And, and back in those days, it was Nyquist and and uh, Tatar, and and eventually they did gain those opportunities, but they had to work for them. Why do you have to work for them? And in those days, you had Datsuk and Zetterberg still. Why do you have to work for the the situation when you don't have a Datsuk, you don't have a Zetterberg? You don't have a Franz, and you don't have any of those guys in front. So what? It, what is the deal? What I don't understand what it's going to take to get Zadina up on the second line. You know what? Just leave him in Grand Rapids at this point. Just leave well, him in Grand Rapids. I don't want to see him back up here again. I don't think it's it's healthy. I think it's stupid to just keep bringing him up and down. We saw this with Tomas Yerko. Now, obviously, a less lesser prospect, but he still had some promise, and he was ruined from the up and down and up and down. You can't keep doing that to a player. Yeah. And, and you can say that the coaching style of Blash and Babcock are different. And I can agree they are with different. you. Yeah, they are. Different, I can agree different. with you on that point, but where, where I have to say that they are strikingly similar is how they handle youth talent. Yep. And, and just it's, it, it confuses me as to how you have a player the caliber of Zadina and what he looks to be and how he how he has played and he looks so much better over the games he got last year and and you just stick him on the third line and say well if he was better than Fabry I would have put him in Fabry's spot or 
he hasn't earned that spot yet. Or I'd put him if, in the spot over Bertuzzi. Well, as much it, as I like Little Bert, I you know it's it's one of those situations. Little Bert is good, right? I don't know how much better he's going to get. I don't know how much better he's going to get. Zadina, the sky is still the limit. You don't know what's going to happen with Zadina. You put him on that first line with Larkin, what if he blows up? And he ends up becoming a 25. He's probably not going to get 30 this year. You know, no. and, and we're not even talking about 15 at this point because he's up and down. But if you were to put him on the first line and he were to explode, what if he has 20 goals? That's, that's a huge step in the right direction. That puts pucks in the back of your net for next year as well. You know? So... Here's the other thing, and, and I'm sure you've taken this into consideration, and I'm sure that the Red Wings at nauseum have talked about this internally. They can't just keep selling this to their fan base that, that, no. that this is okay. Because basically that's what you're saying. When you when you don't address it, I don't think Steve Eisenman's talked about it, and I don't think ownerships has said anything, not that I've seen anyways. And you you can't just keep selling this to your fan base. Like, you know, trotting the the Glenn Dennings of the world out there and now Abdelkader and Nielsen are, are back in the lineup. It's like, you can't just keep selling that to your fan base. And then, you know, you have all these exciting prospects down in Grand Rapids. Great. Like you can't keep selling that to your but, fan base, especially when you're not winning hockey games at all. But I guess the question is like, how much more until Blash actually is fired? I mean, the Red Wings, the Red Wings like record for most losses in a row is 14 or what two away now. Yeah. They're going to the, get there. The, I don't see them beating Winnipeg and I definitely don't see them beating the Montreal. The NHL record for most losses in a row is 17. 17 you said, and yep. that was set by the, the San Jose sharks in 1992, 93, where they lost 71 games. Now are we <laughs> going to lose 71 games? My heart is telling me no, but my eyes and brain are telling me it's possible. I just, I don't. Here's the thing, too. There's a lot going on here because if they had their entire lineup out there, they wouldn't be as bad as they are. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of fringe players that probably shouldn't be here. Um, You know, you had Cronwell retire, which, Greg, you said that made them worse, which, you know, it definitely did. Well, um, DK's been hurt for most DK's of the year. DK's been hurt all year. He's dead. He's like Michael Fulmer from the Tigers. He's gone. Like, <laughs> like but, what is going on with him? But I don't think DK back, sure, he'd make the games closer, but he's not going to win us games. No, now but we're getting I think blown out five Man- to one. I think if they had Mantha in the lineup and, and they were, I don't know how many more wins they'd have, but they wouldn't be this bad. No, they maybe they maybe win two or three of the past twelve games if we yeah, had Mantha and I mean, Kaiser back. Well, and I'm not even just saying what if Abdulkader. I'm not saying Abdulkader is great. Don't so don't take this the wrong way. But you know, you have Abdulkader healthy the whole year. Not that, like I said, not that he's great, but you have him healthy. He's a veteran body. You have the Kaiser healthy. Um, and, you have Mantha healthy, who hasn't been healthy in a little bit here. Nielsen's been in and out of the lineup. Daly's gone, basically. Well, Didn't Daly's back, back now. Daly's night? back now, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, you have Jimmy Howard that's hurt. So there's a lot of injuries that's plaguing this team. Not that they'd be much better, but they wouldn't be the worst team in the NHL, I don't think. No, and I mean, so if you th- you think if we lose the next two, 
then then Blash is gone. I, I think mean, that three. would tie yeah, the record. Three. I think three. Fifteen, he's gone. There's no way you can sell that to your fan base at 15, 15 in, a row. in a row. Yeah, there's no way. Think about it. You can't, I can't even imagine it, to be honest with no. you, t- turning on that 16th game and, and Jeff Blaschel fucking clowning his way behind the bench there. I just, I can't see it. I don't know about you. And especially the fact that, like, they can't just sell that to their fan base. There's no way. The crowds have been decent. I mean, they haven't been well, what they were. Tickets at the have been of the dirt year. cheap on StubHub. Yeah, that's a good thing. That 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 will pique interest once they start playing better. But like, the thing is, is you can't you can't. I'm not going to just continue to say this, but you can't sell this to your fan base that it's okay to lose 15 games in a row, and and that you know the coach is still there. Somebody's got to somebody's got some, you know, got to share the blame here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even if it's out of well, you've lost 15 in a row. Something has to happen. Yep. Firing the coach is the easiest thing to happen. And by now, like at this point, he should he should go. I mean, I can't think of anything else. Like, I don't know what more Steve Eisenman needs to see. I'm sorry. Like, I know Steve Eisenman said this year is going to be a year where he observes a lot and, and doesn't make any knee-jerk reactions and that kind of thing. But at this point in time, at, what is it, 12 games in a row right now, you – you can't just say that that's okay. Like I, I would imagine that he's had some conversations with Jeff Blasher. Like if your team doesn't start winning some games or if we don't start winning some games here, you, you're not going to be around much longer. And I'm sorry. I, there's not much more that Steve Eisenman needs to see. No. Do you and, agree? And the, yeah. Ansar Khan even said that I, Eisenman recently has been denying interview requests, has not been talking to the media um, he knows the position that the team is in. He doesn't want to be cornered into questions. He'll make his decision when he needs to make his decision. A lot of people are saying it's just because his guy isn't available yet. The guy he wants is not out there. I wonder but, who that guy might be, though. That's my question. That's another episode where we can speculate who. But, like, I mean, unless you're going to go into college hockey, right, and you're going to take someone like Jim Montgomery, you know, he did a decent job with the Dallas Stars. If you get a guy, I'm not saying Jim Montgomery, but if you get someone like that and take a chance like Philly did with Dave Hackstall, and yeah, that didn't work, but Jim Montgomery's worked. David Quinn has worked pretty good with the Rangers so far. You know, a lot of their young players are playing pretty well. So, I mean, you could you could go that route, or you could do what everyone else has done and re- use the recycled garbage that has been around the NHL for years and years. Yeah, well, people. Some people have suggested to try and bring Ricard Gronborg over uh, from Sweden. He's coach of the uh, ZSC Lions right now, but he's also the coach of Sweden's national team. So you mean the I, national team that's not going to the Olympics? The Swedish national team? Uh, well, the NHL's not going to the Olympics. No, the NHL is not going to the Olympics. So, so he's no. coaching a bunch of college kids basically in the olympics or juniors yeah most people are going to be coaching a bunch of college the only people that are going to be coaching their own professionals are like azerbaijan and kazakhstan and stuff because they have the same teams regardless yeah so it's that's a a suggestion i mean at this point i'm leaving all doors open because I i personally don't want someone to say well, how about, how about, you know, bring in an old player? No, I just don't think they need that. I think 
maybe you can wait and see if Vegas like starts to slide and doesn't play good, and maybe they fire Gerard Gallant at some point. And, and I don't maybe see that happening, though. I don't see that happening either. But you know what? I did see. Uh, I was listening to NHL Network Radio um, when when um, uh, who was it that got fired recently? I think it it wasn't DeBoer. It was. Um, Jeez, there's been so many. It's like you don't remember all of them. But it was one that, that basically said that the, the Vegas Golden Knights for a spark would, would be like, you know, get rid of Gallant and bring someone in. But I just don't see that. They're playing better right now. So I don't know. It's also hard for me to see that happen with how, how new of a team they are and, and what he's done with them in the short amount of time. I just don't see them firing. I mean, but honestly. Would you bring the war in? Like I said today on Twitter, I'm like, I'd bring DeBoer in. Why not? I That was a knee-jerk reaction to me saying he sucks. I don't think he sucks because you know what? Do you remember that Jersey team that he got all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals? And then, yeah, they lost in six games to the Kings, but that team was not that great. Like, they were hardworking, but they weren't a great team. I mean, they had, like, Colville, Chuck, and Parise in their prime and, like, Parise, but or um, who was the other guy? Oh, and Martin Brodeur at the end. But, like, that team wasn't great, and they got all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. I mean, I at this point, I'm so, open to I, – I know Iserman – He got the Sharks the right. to the Cup Final as well against Pittsburgh. Yeah, at this point, I know Iserman will make the right decision. I just – I need him to speed up his process a little bit because Do I don't think – you think it's going to be an, an ex-player? Could you see it I don't being think, that? No, I think it'll be an estab- a somewhat established coach – or it will be a guy that he's been watching, whether that's from college or the minors or wherever. I mean, he he brought in Coop, and Coop's had a fantastic career. So I just, I don't know. I don't know what direction. And again, it's Iserman. Everything's a goddamn mystery. And it is amazing and sucks at the same time because you don't know when something's going to happen and you don't know exactly what that thing is going to be. So that's to me, with... With the recent moves, I think Eiserman is going to go completely off the board with what he does. And, I mean, his track record is good. But to put it into perspective, and Ayer Prashant just posted this, over the Wings' 12-game losing streak, uh, their 5v5 goal for uh, percentage is 40.72%, which is the worst in the league. Jeez. Their 5v5 Corsi 4 percentage is 42.2, which is worst in the league. 5v5 save percentage is 88.8, which is worse in the league. Their power play uh, goal for percentage is 4.97, which is third worst in the league. And their penalty kill goals against percentage is 6.7, which is 18th worst in the league. So, I mean, they've deserved to lose. They've done everything in their power to ensure that they lose. Now, back to Zadina. Um, if you hadn't seen the news, Zadina, oh my God, Zadina was sent to Grand Rapids today because, you know, we make poor decisions. But um, Zadina was sent along with Dennis Chalowski and um, Dylan McElrath. So what confused me is that we just sent down three players. We sent down arguably our, re- in, in recent games, second best um, offensive talent. We sent down McElrath, who actually is, has shown himself to be a pretty decent defenseman recently as a bottom pairing guy. I mean, yeah. he beats, he beats Biega and he, he, I mean, he's better than daily. And I just, 
So we send down three players, send a forward, a forward and two defensemen. So that tells me a couple of things. Either Athens is ready to play tomorrow or a uh, trade's going to happen at midnight tonight because we're sending down three, and if one's ready to come back, what's happening with the other two? DeKaiser hasn't practiced, not ready to come back. Mantha hasn't practiced, ready to come back. I confirmed with Ansar Khan today that neither of them are close to returning. So you've got six defensemen. You're not going to, unless you call one tomorrow. I don't, I don't know what your what the grand plan is. And sending down Zadina to me is, I mean, that's sacrilege because over, and I'm going to quote another athletic person, Max Boltman today says, uh, Zadina had three assists in his last four games, which is great consistency production wise. But there's also the fact that he managed to creep into the top four on the team in both Corsi and X goals for percentage while playing his entire sample during a seven game losing streak. <laughs> so uh, he's number three in X goals for percentage is number four in Corsi four. So uh, just to give kind of the Wikipedia definition of Corsi to everyone, um, it's an advanced stat to measure the shot attempt differential while at even strength play. It includes shots on goal, missed shots on goal, and blocked shot attempts towards the net, minus the same shot attempts directed at your own net. So it's basically how much uh, is going toward the opponent's net than your net when you're on the ice. It brought Zadina up to number four and Corsi four. Now that is behind Mantha, Larkin, Helm. Helm was the weird one there. I don't know what happened. Now Helm has been known to be a better defensive forward meaning that more shots are taken probably on the opponent's net than your own net when Helm is on the ice because he's a better defensive forward. That also shows that Zadina is a better defensive forward. He's taking more shots on the opponent's net than what's being taken on our own when he's on the ice. To move in number four, notice who's not there, Bertuzzi. Um, And then X goals for percentage is the expected goals for which are the percentage of all expected goals that are scored by a team. So it takes the goals for and divides it by the goals for plus goals against to get kind of the expected goals that are scored by a team, which uh, let's see, Zadina ranks third on that list. So if Zadina's on the ice, you're expected to score goals basically that's if Zadina's on the ice is where the majority of your goals are going to come from Mantha is first Larkin is second Zadina is third and he's only played he's only played seven games which I mean to me it's very small sample size but proves he's got power proves he's got potential proves that there's offense there that he's creating offense that he's getting people in position he's letting people like Christopher N score and he's back down in Grand Rapids. Chalowski's back down in Grand Rapids. Now, Chalowski has had periods where he's looked good, and he's had periods where he's looked absolutely awful. And it's kind of expected. He's a young defenseman. This happened to him last year. Now, he did come in and look better than last year, and his metrics are up from last year. But you're you're left with a defense of Hironic and Green, Daly and Erickson, and Nemeth and Biega. That's not even a competent NHL defense on any team. No. 
I just might I don't not be know. a competent defense in the AHL. So Heronic is your defenseman, and Mike Green is serviceable for the time being. But then your bottom four D is is Nemeth. Well, Nemeth has been good at shot blocks. Nemeth is not an offensive defenseman by any means. <laughs> does, but is it me or does Nemeth remind me a little bit or remind you a little bit of Jonathan Erickson at times? <laughs> I mean, Nemeth kind of at some points reminded me of Kyle Quincy. Okay, that's that's a better comparison because I liked Quincy at times, but 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 your bottom four. Is Nemeth Erickson Daily Biega? What is, what is, and you have no seventh D now because you just sent McElrath and Chalowski to Grand Rapids? I just don't so, understand sending Chalowski down. I so just if, don't a trade, that, if a trade, if a trade's not happening, what's happening? Well, only Steve Eisenman knows. And, and you know, I, I mean, I hate to say that because. In, in a perfect world, yeah, you d- either you're going to have a trade or you're going to have an anticlimactic um, call-up, which is a possibility because they're home tomorrow night. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I smell trade. I do. I smell a trade. I don't know who, but I do smell that there's, there's something that could, could go down tonight or tomorrow. I mean, I'm hoping so because Athens is day-to-day. I don't people have mentioned that they don't recall anything in game or any report in practice where he went down with any kind of thing, but there was just a report that he was day to day. So you mean so, you think he could be getting moved? Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, to me, if you're moving Athens to see you now, you're selling low, which wouldn't be my preference. Um, right. I would kind of hope that he would eat up a little bit and then you I'm a little higher because right now I have a hard time seeing a second rounder for him. Yeah, yeah, that's the tough part. Um, but you know what? I mean, there is upside there. And unless you're packaging him. Well, that that's a possibility too. Maybe you package him with Chalowski. I don't know. Well, today the reports came out of Vancouver that Vancouver is looking for a top six forward. And I, I haven't look deeply into Vancouver's talent pipeline, I'll but I know Quinn there's some talent there. Yeah, that's what I said. I said Athens U for Quinn Hughes and two first round picks. But it's they're not gonna move Quinn Hughes, but the emergence of Quinn Hughes kind of lightens their need for their their pipe their deep pipeline now uh in the near term. They did just take someone recently in in, in the draft, I think in as a defenseman besides well, they take, I mean it really doesn't what I'm saying is that it just frees up a spot because Hughes is so good and he's playing now that they could maybe deal a younger defenseman. So if you traded Athanasiu to to Vancouver for a pick and a prospect, I could see that happening, but we're light now on the roster, and this could be just overreaction. They could call someone up tomorrow. But yeah. at, at this point, something's got to happen. A shock move has to happen. A, a move that shows players that no one is safe has to happen. That I just okay. don't, I don't know when it's going to happen because of how Iserman operates, and it's kind of scary. He just looks like the Tigers. Yeah, well, the Tigers are a whole different. Al Avila's comments in the winter meetings have been absolutely astounding. But I well, just, 
And the, the reason I say that is because the Tigers, I mean, I, not that I watch a whole lot of Tigers baseball because I'm a Red Sox fan, but when the Tigers are on, it seems like the lineup's the same every single night. It's the same guys over and over and over. It's the same thing, and they lose a lot, and so do the Red Wings. And it's the same thing over and over and over and over. And I get Garden hires is there as a as a placeholder and you know he, to rally the guys and that kind of thing. I understand that, but here Jeff Blashill's not doing us any favors at this point anymore. And and it's just the same thing over and over. Well, I think all we have left to go into then is what's next. I guess what do you? It's it was worse. We're like it can't get any worse than this, and then it got worse than that. And we're like it can't get any worse, and now we've lost like twelve games in a row. So what? What's next? Has the team quit? No. See, that's the thing. I don't think the team has quit, and all the reporters and beat writers and, and even the non ones that seem like they're paid by the league say the the team hasn't quit. The guys are all playing for each other. They're trying. It's just the the level of talent is so low. On the team, they just can't overcome what the other team does to them. They can't rally. They can't muster up that little bit of extra because it's not there. How much different is this team than last year besides the injuries? That's my thing. I mean, you don't have Cronwall, but who else? Erickson? That that, that doesn't give you a whole lot. But, I mean, like I said, we've also lost the most man games to injury. Yeah, so that's, it's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the killer. And and you know what? It might be a blessing in disguise because on, you know, in in, you know, when it, when the draft happens, you might end up. It might be a blessing in disguise when because when the draft happens, you could end up with a top three pick, and most likely we'll end up with a top three pick. Whether that's first overall and you're drafting Alexi Lafreniere, we'll see. But it seems like a possibility at this point. Yeah, I mean, so the, I think I mean, that's I'm, what's next. That's what you're supposed to look forward to at this point. That hoping the Griffins do really well in their playoffs if they end up making it, and you know just keep playing well during the regular season, and bring up some youth every once in a while. But I think at this point, you just let the Griffins do what they're gonna do. Let them gel as a team. See what they can do as a team and go from there because I really don't think them going coming up and playing in the NHL is going to do them a whole lot. You see Joe Valeno just got lent to the team Canada for the juniors, which I'm so excited for, for the, for the world juniors here. You have uh, Mastro Simone that's going to the team USA uh, from Boston university. You have, um, you have Zadina or not Zadina. I'm sorry. Um, Cider who's going to play for team Germany in the world juniors. So this We've year, got seven players in the World Juniors. That's good. That's a good thing to that's have. Because when the Bruins, when the Bruins started, was it Boston? Yeah, I think it was Boston a couple of years ago, or, or was it? I don't remember. There was one team a couple of years ago that had like nine players in the World Juniors, and they were all studs. And you look at the NHL roster, and they're pretty good. They're a pretty good team now. I don't know if it was it was. Boston or it was Philly? I don't remember exactly what team it was. Do you remember? I don't know if it was like Philly or if it was Boston or nah, I don't remember. Was, but but anyways, yeah, that tournament's always fun. And yeah. So that's yeah, one so thing watch, you can look forward to. Yeah. Watch international play. Watch yeah, the watch only, our prospects. The only thing that sucks about that is you have to get an NHL network because fucking God forbid we could get 
there there are other ways on something else there are other ways to watch it but what streaming it yeah you could stream it but you illegal uh, motherfucker greg (laughs) i'm saying you could stream your nhl network tyler (laughs) but you've got um nudge nudge (laughs) so for and, and we can run it over really fast the players that are going to the world junior team, well, that are trying out for their world junior teams for the Detroit Red Wings. You already mentioned uh, Master Simone is getting a tryout for Team USA. Cider will make Team Germany. Valeno will make Team Canada. I am also very certain that McIsaac will make Team Canada. Uh, and then you've got uh, going to Team Finland is uh, Otto Kivenmaki. He's trying out. He's actually heated up fairly recently for his team. And then to team Sweden, you have as for Elias and his goalie. They think he'll be the third goalie. Um, they don't see him getting a starting role. And then you've got Jonathan Berggren uh, for team Sweden also. So it's a good amount of people to, to, to make a team. And I think we're second or tied for, for most prospects on, on world junior like yeah, that's out. a good thing. You, yeah. When you start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, you start seeing a ton of players in that junior. Yeah, it was the Bruins. It was it was like Pasternak. It was McAvoy. It was it was a they had a bunch of players, and it was the Bruins because they had McAvoy on Team USA and a couple other players. But it's yeah, I mean that's that's definitely one thing to start looking forward to because if if you can start playing in that tournament and you start turning it up big time in that tournament, it that's it's only a matter of time before you're in the NHL. Yeah, I agree. But uh, yeah, I think what's next is, I mean, you've got to fire the coach. It's all you can do at this point to maybe try and get a little bit of fight. And I'm not saying to win games because it's not going to win you more games, but it may get you a little bit more fire under the guys. I also think Greg, if you bring someone else in, the structure is going to look a little bit better. Yeah. The team might not win and they might not be a good team, but this team doesn't play structured anymore. It feels like they break down a lot. They're very fra- mentally fragile. And like, yeah, okay, I understand. You've lost 12 games in a row. So, you know, when one thing bad happens, you know, it starts to snowball. But at the same time, it's like maybe a, a fresh voice in there and, and you know, someone that's, that's a little bit more positive will help them, you know, D- develop because that's what we're doing here. We're, we're trying to develop some young players and navigate this season because Dylan Larkin, you know, he's not getting any younger, you know? Yeah. You're I mean, still he's only developing him. You're still developing him. Mantha, you know, he's hurt, but so, but you're still developing him. There's a lot of players here that are still developing. And so you're hurting the development of some of these players at this point with the way they're playing right now. Yeah. Like Zadina, I mean, part of the reason they sent him back could be because the team is just so bad so so bad it's just not even helping him at this point i don't think it's just it's better off to have him down there we've talked at this at nauseum it's it's time for the for them to make this 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 move and and get rid of the coach or make another significant move because you know what a a big trade is is also a possibility it doesn't have to just be the coach because i think jeff blaschel just I don't know if he's lost the room. I don't think that that's the no, case. And they say he, ha- he hasn't lost the room. That's another thing that all of them are saying. All the analysts and reporters and beat writers are saying is he hasn't lost the room. 
It's just it's the you'd team. You'd know it if he lost the room. Oh, you'd There'd know. Be yep. Arguments on the bench, and and you'd see it. Fox Sports Detroit would would put it on video, and you'd see it on YouTube, and or not YouTube on Twitter, and all kinds of stuff like that. So I don't think he's lost the room, but I do think something has to give, and whether that be a big trade or, or him getting the axe or what, something has to give at some point here. Otherwise, people are going to start wearing bags on their head like that one guy in Someone uh, already has. Winnipeg last night. Yep. I, t- I tweeted, I'm like, this is me in February if the Wings still haven't won a game when they play Boston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just I, I want it to get better in a sense of – competitiveness and defense not necessarily wins because we know that's not going to happen but i don't know about you but this is it's getting to the point where it's unwatchable and i love hockey and and i love i'll watch every episode or i'll watch every game i try to watch every game but there does get a point in time where it's just very frustrating especially when you turn the game on and it's already two nothing yeah but uh yeah it's i think we're done depressing everyone but let's get your uh Let's get your final thoughts, and then we'll close it out here. Well, my final thoughts are <laughs> I hope everyone has a good holiday season and can just enjoy something that's not the Red Wings losing. Enjoy the World Juniors. Enjoy whatever it is that you enjoy. Enjoy college hockey. I just would – this Red Wings team – I think the point is find something to find enjoy. Find something to enjoy that's not – miserable and watching the red wings lose because i'll tell you what yeah watch it but don't let it consume your life because the way they're playing is just it 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 can make everything snowball and be negative just drink and watch a lot of hockey um you can follow me on twitter at seal dog 91 my final thoughts are just kind of echoing what tyler says find something find something to to (laughs) find joy in because you're not going to find joy in this game in, in in any of these games until something happens. I mean, I guess you can find joy in waiting for an Iserman move or find joy in the, the anticipation. Pistons. Oh God. <laughs> find joy in the anticipation of Blashell getting fired or, or whatever, but it's just, you're a fan. You'll stick with the team. I mean, you're listening to us. So you clearly like hockey, but Greg, I have an idea for the people. Go on YouTube and remember the good times, yeah. the good old days. Woo! Go into your DVR and play some old games, but it's <laughs> you just got to find something to find uh, to to get you through this this losing streak and what's happening until we we start turning it around. And it's not to say that we don't have the pieces because we've got some of the pieces. It's just it's going to take a a little bit to get there. But you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, You can find our podcast on all major networks. Um, We are about to start switching hosting services. So there shouldn't be a hiccup in service, but if something happens, that's, that's the reason. Um, And then we are going to be start picking up a few more sponsors soon. Currently who supports us? Howie's hockey tape. If you go online and order from Howie's and use the promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your online order. So go to Howie's hockey tape. They're a Michigan made product. They, uh, distribute to all of the major leagues and minor leagues and overseas and everywhere. Um, but yep, use promo code grindline at howieshockeytape.com to get 10% off your order. Uh, but for Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, hockey town. <laughs>